Hello and welcome to the Cocktail Hour with me, your host, Erin Folk. The Cocktail Hour is a place where we celebrate the women in business who are shaking shit up. This week, we are talking to Angela Hurt, founder and CEO of Veracity Consulting. Welcome, Angela. Hi. Okay, well, welcome. And this is your first podcast. It is. Are yes. you super excited? I'm pumped. Okay, I'm so excited. I do think about 90% of people, this has been their first podcast. And a couple of them gone on to start their own. So. Oh, wow. I don't anticipate that this being the be case. Big, yeah. This could be life-changing. <laughs> this <laughs> might be. Do you listen My, to podcasts? I do, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. What's the number one podcast you're listening to? Um, it's an Oprah one. I mean, it's all inspirational. Super Soul Sunday? Oh, yes. I like it. We're being compared to Super Soul Sunday. Is that right? That's right awesome. Now. I love that. Yay. Okay, cool. Yeah, Oprah and Rachel Hollis are mm-hmm. the two that most, most women are listening to right now. So I'm just trying to stay somewhere on iTunes where they say, maybe you'll like this one too. That's perfect. So, okay, I thought you were going to say the cocktail hour, but that's okay. That's your <laughs> No, I've, all, I've heard it once and it was amazing. <laughs> And as of today, she's going to listen every day, right? That's right. Okay. Let's tell people who you are. As founder and CEO of Veracity, Angela Hurt oversees the strategic direction of the Kansas City-based company, a tech consulting team of problem solvers and truth tellers who deliver customized IT solutions for its customers in the commercial and government sectors. The company seeks to bridge the gap between business and technology while always staying transparent and authentic. She is a passionate advocate for women, especially in areas of unemployment and underemployment, and works to help girls and women gain confidence and leadership skills through her ongoing work with the Women's Intersport Network for Kansas City, WIN for KC. Oh, they were the ones that just brought in the gymnast. Yeah, I was the co-chair for that. I heard that event was amazing. It was amazing. Oh, my goodness. Okay, and she is the board president for Women's Employment Network, a board member of the Kansas City Sports Commission and Foundation, and also serves on the board for Executive Center of Johnson County, ECJC. She has is a she is an active fundraiser and has been the co-chair of the 2016 Go Red for Women Luncheon, the 2017 Women's Employment Network Luncheon, the 2018 Arts KC Breakfast, and most recently the 2019 Win for KC Wards Luncheon. You are busy. When Very. You work. I don't. <laughs> like, that is a lot. And now look where I am. I right? know. Like, and now we're doing podcasts. again not working. <laughs> Angela also participates in various STEM entrepreneurial mentoring initiatives and advocates for organizations. In addition to nonprofit board, she's a mentor in the Hillsburg Entrepreneurial Mentoring Program and Steve Metzler Mentoring Program through the Mid-America Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. You put that on there right after I said that was the longest name ever. It is long. I recently changed name. That's what, but didn't it get longer? Yes. That's what I heard. Yes. Can I still call it the magic chamber? Uh, yes, you can. I think it is magic. I, it looks like if you look at it really fast from my branding view, it looks like it says magic. Yeah. So that's what I call it. It's good. I like it. Even when I go there and people still are like, oh, thank you for that new name. I'm like, thank you. Well, welcome. Thank you for having me. So if you heard Laura Lee Jones on our podcast a couple episodes ago, she, the minute we were done, she said, you have to have Angela Hurt on here. So. It's because we think a lot alike. And she's a big personality. Yes, she is. And I think that uh, with my brief, it, my brief experience with her, if she believes in someone, she 100% believes in them. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you got to get her on here. I think she did an email that afternoon. Oh, I think she texted me as soon as she left or something. Did she? Maybe she just called me. I don't know. She's she was like, great. you have to go. Yeah. And she was like, okay, and you're going to get her on there. I was like, I'm totally cool with it, Lorelai. I <laughs> pinky promise I'm going to do it. So I'm excited. Hey, I want to circle. Okay. So just so our listeners know, we've never met before. Right. So it's the first day. And um, I, you probably haven't heard my name, but I've heard your name all over the city, right? 
And then you guys were at the, you guys sponsored the Shawnee Mission event lunch last year too? Yeah, the live event. Yeah. And so they were on all of the things you the put around lanyards. your neck. Yeah. Yes. I had no idea being the lanyard sponsor that you were going to have this huge veracity around your neck. But it was great branding. It, it was, was fantastic. such good branding. So from my seat as a branding yeah. person, right? I thought that it was the, it's the only company I remember as a sponsor at that event last Perfect. year. Perfect. We did it again. Good. Like we'll be there again and awesome. we'll have it all over. And I didn't know about that event because it's very much in the healthcare mm-hmm. event. So we went with CBiz, who is, we're on there and we get interns. So they say, yeah. you want to go to events? And so I went in with no expectations and that is the one company I remembered. So that's fantastic. Just a little tip to our listeners. I'll, I'll lanyard sponsor. That's right. Don't events. take it. I got it. <laughs> but don't sleep on it if it's another event <laughs> that you're not sponsoring, right? So, okay. I want to say, okay, let's talk. I have so many questions after reading your bio. So I never read people's bios until they come on because I want it to be super like, I want to learn about you with our listeners. But let's talk about you're in all sorts of spaces that are yep. very progressive as a woman. And so let's just start. Where did you grow up? Howard, Kansas. Where's that? Oh, it's a, it's a very small town um, southeast of Wichita area. Okay. So about population 600 and some people. Um, oh, oh, wow. Very yeah. Small. Okay. Very small. Yeah. Graduated with 45 people in my class, though. That's Ooh. three towns consolidated. Mm. <laughs> yes. Are you the most successful? I don't know that. I, I'm not sure. I, I'm trying to think. I might be the only entrepreneur from, from our class. I feel like at 45... You're just saying yes in a nice way. No, I don't think I am. <laughs> I well, and one of my, my not one of I only have one, but my twin sister is also in that class. Oh, you're a twin. I'm a twin. Yes. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Are you guys identical twins? No, we're not. Do you look anything alike? We look like sisters. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. You may or may not pick us out as twins, but you definitely would pick us out as sisters. Is she an entrepreneur? She's not. Is she? Does she think completely different than you as an entrepreneur? We think very different. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have a sister, thirteen months younger, and we're. We're not twins, but we think very, very, very different. Like, how do you have the same parents? That thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you grew up Howard, Kansas uh-huh. with a twin sister. Any other siblings? Yes, two older sisters. Okay. And a little brother, 12 years younger. Oh, oh, quite a bit younger. Yeah, yeah. And mom and, grew up with mom and dad? Yep. Okay. They're celebrating their 49th year anniversary today. And are they still out now? Today? Today. Awesome. Yes. What are you doing? Are you guys doing anything Nothing. cool? No, they live back there. In it's, Howard? Yeah. Are well, you going to do something about, big next year? Yes, we okay. we will. I'm not going to say what yeah, because I don't want them listen. to know. She'll probably listen to it. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can tell us afterwards and I'll tell everybody. <laughs> 50 years married is a long time. It's a long time. time. I don't know how they made it. I, 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 there were times as kids, like there's no way they're going to make it. Yeah. yeah. So it's very, um, as somebody who's divorced and, um, a sibling that's been divorced, it's, it's crazy. Cause they're, you know, their, their response is, of course we love you and we want you to be happy, Yeah. but if we can make it, anybody can make Why it. Didn't so it's like a little Carter? bit of that. Yeah. How long were you married? Seven years. And how long of those seven years did you know you should have been divorced? I knew that I probably should not have gotten married. From the beginning. Yeah. I um, I just got married, so I'm not divorced yet. <laughs> Four months ago. <laughs> but uh, with my, I had a child with somebody. I had to help two people out of wedlock. I like to learn all my lessons. Sure. But um, I had a child with somebody when I was younger, so I tried to make it work. Mm-hmm. We didn't get as far as married, um, but only because he was such a mess. We couldn't have never gotten that far, right? right? But I, I do think coming from parents that had been married forever, you try, you do give it probably more than if you hadn't seen that example. I think so. Probably so. Yeah. 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 I just remember I kept going, but I'm keep trying. It's just not working. Well, I didn't anticipate I would fall in love with a woman is probably the biggest. Were you married Ooh. to a man? I was married to a man. Okay. We're going to get it. Hold on. We got to get people warmed up to you first. 
Hold on. Okay, Wait, so we have, really need to warm up. Wow. No, I'm super excited about this. I just want to talk about how you get to Kansas City. So you grew up in Howard. Yeah. And then your whole life in Howard and then college? At once college, I went okay. to um Butler County Community College. I okay. played volleyball and then I went to Wichita State. Um and I was getting my degree in computer information systems. I thought I'd completely wasted my education. I'm like, this sucks. Like, I do not want to do this. Who's going to go into computers? <laughs> I don't want to do that. Like I, you know, it was one of those things that I changed from a marketing or business to computer information systems because it was fairly new. And I'm like, Hey, this might keep me yeah. employed type of thing. Um, I was married. I got married when I was 20 to my high school oh, sweetheart. Yeah. You were super and young. I wasn't even pregnant. Like I did it <laughs> on purpose. Yeah. Right? Okay. And your small um, town, a lot of people probably yeah, yeah, did that. From yeah. small my, town. my twin sister is married to the same guy she's been with since I think seventh grade and they're still married. A lot of years later, but well, they didn't get married at 20. They both went to separate colleges oh, okay. and after they graduated from college and got a job. But she was in a serious relationship, which made it easier to be like, I should be in a serious relationship a little bit. No, I don't think Young? that was no. it. No, I don't think that was it. They're st- they've been in seventh grade and they're still together. Yes. I think they broke up one year. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It is okay. crazy. And then well, how do you end up in Kansas City? I, um, the girl that I mentioned that I, uh, uh, that, that walked past me one day in school that I was like, wow, check her out. When you were in college, when you I was her. in college and married. Right. And, um, so she moved here. Okay. And so as I was finishing school, I was like trying to figure out what's next. And there just were not a lot of opportunities around there. And, and so she said, I think you should come up here to take a job to Kansas city. And so I you said, were friends with her at that point. Friends with her friends. Yes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Okay, well, she didn't just walk by. We're missing a little bit of the story here. <laughs> she she ultimately is the person that I left my husband for. Okay. Yes. But you became friends with her in college. Yes. And then it developed into yes, more. Yes, it developed I mean. into more. She didn't walk by and then you just got in your car and followed her. That's what I was I, trying to say. I, I, I might have at that time. It was a very weird experience well, for me. you were married for seven years. Uh, yes, I was. So you were So you were friends with her for a lot of that marriage. No. You knew her during a lot of that marriage. I was married and may have been in a relationship with a woman. Okay. For many years. So you just had two relationships. Yeah. The one you were into and one you weren't into. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. That's fine. You know. Okay. I was just trying to make sense of the time. You were trying to get the timeline. I I know. It doesn't fit very well. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't fit. What what was right for you? um, I think it was. She was not the right one for me, but she was the right person to kind of get me into a different mindset that I think has kind of um, pushed me to where I am today. Yeah. Did she make you realize who you really are? Yep. Yeah. For so sure. That was right for the right time, right? Yeah. What does that conversation look like with your husband when you tell him about the two relationships? And not only is it another relationship, but it's a woman. Um, that's, it's a hard, that's a hard conversation. And yeah. one that I really avoided, obviously, for a lot of years, right? Did he and, know? Do you think he knew? Um, I think he was, she was with us all the time. Um, her, she had a boyfriend that played baseball for the AAA Royals team. Okay. Uh, and so he traveled all the time. And so she spent a lot of time with us. So he was friends with her as he well. He was friends with her okay. as well. Yeah. So um, uh, I didn't, I, I did this ridiculous slow fade. I didn't actually tell him initially. I just moved to Kansas City with our four-month-old child because I had a baby that was four months old. And so I moved to Kansas City to try out this job that was, you know, going to be my next, you know, thing and um, brought my four month old with me. And then Jason and I just saw each other on weekends and then fewer because I also knew, you know, he's a small town guy. Yeah. Like he was not. We never lived in Wichita. It was too big. OK. So Jason probably was not moving to <laughs> Kansas City. <laughs> OK. Where's yeah. Jason live now? He lives outside of Wichita. OK. So he's still sm- uh-huh. small town. Yeah. Okay. 
What about her boyfriend? What did that conversation look like? I have like? no idea. I you think just... they broke up for other reasons, but. Okay. Yeah. So had she ever been in a relationship with woman? No, she hadn't. So yeah, that was a bizarre conversation too. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to try my best. Um, neither one of you have been in a relationship with women. I'm Correct. guessing when she saw you, she kind of thought the same thing. Um, she was, there was an instant attraction on both uh-huh. of our parts that was kind of like, where did that come from? Right. Uh-huh. It was completely, um, out of left field. So who for both of us, who? um, I pursued her. Oh, you were well, she started inviting me to go to a lot of things. And, okay. um, I didn't know that, that people went out dancing on a Tuesday night cause that's a school night. Right. And apparently that's what college kids do. Yeah. And I didn't really live the and college. And Thursday, yeah, Monday, yeah. Yeah. Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so she kind of, you know, kind of pulled me into that kind of thing. And okay. the initial conversation was mine. The initial one uh, was really a, I have these really strange feelings about you that I've never had about a girl. And she basically told me she never wanted to talk to me again. Oh, wow. Yeah. Until two days later, she asked if we could go to lunch and then it just kind of never stopped from there. But this was before you had a kid, right? Mm-hmm. So were you struggling with if that was – how do you go and have a kid when you're trying to figure out – It's called a fight and lots of alcohol. Okay. You're having makeup sex with your husband. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, yes. So there which, wasn't any which kind to of struggle to say this No, me. it was like kind of – no, there was. It, absolutely. I was like, this is not me. As a matter of fact, when she and I broke up, I was like, I will never date another woman. Like, absolutely not. Like, I was in love with this – person who happened to be a female but I am not going to date other women I thought I had no interest okay so I'm going to ask you this question so I grew up in a very religious household Mm -hmm. um backstory I don't talk to my family okay Mm -hmm. um in my household it is not believed that you are born gay Mm -hmm. it is a choice we make and uh it is a wrong choice we make, right? And yeah. It's just my household, and that has nothing to do with what I believe at all. In fact, I pulled my kids out of private school when they taught that at this little private school they went, and they now go to public school, and it's, I didn't know how much cheaper it would have been, or I would have done it a long time before. <laughs> but um, So I think that we kind of believe people are people. They're born the way they are. Mm-hmm. So that makes me ask, what are your beliefs? Because do you believe that you were – when you say that you had never, you didn't know that about yourself, right. were you suppressing that or do you think it came later in life or did you think just that one person? Cause you say you thought it was just that one person. So right. maybe a phase per se at the time. Like what are your yeah, thoughts on that? So I don't think I would, I don't think I see myself as the girl who just happened to kiss girls in college. Cause yeah. like, it's like, Oh yeah. Well, when I was in college, I kissed girls. I'm like, no, that was not me. Um, I think that, so to back up, I was religious Baptist. Um, as, as a matter of fact, I sometimes joke and say that the reason why I married Jason was because I'd had sex with him and I, by God, I had to marry him. Right. Yeah. I was like, this is it. And, um, so when, when this happened, I was very confused by it and I struggled based on my faith very, very much. And that was part of like suppressing it. And then like, no, we're not going to do this and we're not even going to be friends to, you know, not staying away from one another. But, um, yeah, my belief, I don't think I had a belief about it at all. And growing up in a small town, I think that I didn't know because I was never presented with opportunity. I didn't know another gay person. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know a black person. I mean, wow. we were it's such a small town, talk about no diversity. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um until you're presented with an opportunity, like you don't I I I think this is how I've been. I I'm definitely attracted to both sexes, mm-hmm. um without a doubt, but 
I, I didn't know it about myself. So I don't think it's a choice, right? Yeah. I, my twin sister, I don't think it's like, a choice either, but you know, she's like, I don't think she'd ever make that choice. And it's not also part of her. Yeah. Right. So, so it's she very wasn't, different. yeah. So she wasn't born that way, but you think you didn't maybe realize you were born that way because you didn't see it around. You. Right. And so when you I, yes, exactly. And when I look back though, I look at, I was an athlete or I still am an athlete and, um, girls from other schools, like the other athletes, somehow I was friends with so many of them, but I was really friends with the attractive ones. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, was that something or was it just coincident that yeah. all these athletes were really attractive or was that something that I was pulled to and I was completely unaware of it? I have no idea. So, okay. So you were about 21, 22 when you start realizing this. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at us and I'm thinking we're maybe around the same age. So I'm not going to ask you your age. But when you see, this is just where my mind went to, so not to, not to um, compare you to anything, but when you see a show like Friends come out, and the very first storyline is something we really hadn't seen, right? They had a, this all kind of came out the same. Ellen DeGeneres came out. Right. And the Friends storyline where his wife leaves him for a woman. Mm-hmm. Were you even aware of that kind of stuff that was like kind of changing our culture on TV? Because it, no. it seems like it would be almost kind of the same timeline. Yeah, I was so in the closet, though. I mean, it was something I was never going to do. Like, yeah. I was going to be with this person, and she would be my friend, and we'd be roommates. And I, I, I wasn't concerned about – I was very concerned about people's perception, obviously, or I wouldn't have yeah. done what I did for so many years. But um, I, think I, I think we were such in our small little world, and we didn't have other – gay or lesbian friends and that I didn't think about it. Yeah. I really didn't think about so it. It wasn't until later. Any of that. Do um, you remember the episode of when Ellen DeGeneres came out? I do. Cause I remember that. I do remember. Yeah. And then watching how it ruined her career for a while. Right. Obviously now it's better than yeah. ever. Right. But in, and it just didn't even resonate that. Well, it might've just, if anything, it probably just was like, this is why you stay in your, in your lane, right? So it more <laughs> it probably, probably solid- you. yeah, probably more solidified. You know, my own fears of my own faith and my, am I, um, you know, am I going to hell? I, I was very much had a great relationship with God until I met this woman, and I feel like I turned my back on God because mm-hmm. I I felt like th- this is wrong, and so I'm just going to ignore this, you know, yeah, this other thing over here. Um, and it and it wasn't until later that that all changed for me. But it it was a very interesting thing. I I I. I when we got out of our relationship and I started, you know, I went out with some guys and I dated another woman and I had somebody tell me that I, that I owed it to people to be out of the closet. How old were you when you came out? Um, 28, 29. Okay. So almost 30, right? Mm. And who did you come out to first? Um, the girl that I was with, um, cheated on me with a friend that the girl we you met. followed to Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. Bitch. And right. And, um, I was, it was so- a little bit of karma. Hey, that's not nice. I've thought about that many times. You know, I think what goes around comes around. It might have been karmic. You probably won't ever do it to anyone else again. (laughs) I sure won't. I sure won't. Um, but, um, I didn't mean to offend you, but no, I just it think, didn't right? Like, that didn't offend me at all. You really can't you're offend me. Good. No, you can't offend me. Sorry. I just flew out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> but I like it. I like it. Um, no, I was so depressed and so sad that I had turned my life upside down for this person. Mm-hmm. And this happened that I was, um, I was such a mess that that's how my family found out. Cause they thought she was just your friend. Uh, they told me that they knew she was more. And I asked them why they didn't ask me. And they're like, we were just waiting for you to tell me. And, and I was like, oh, I was never going to tell you. Right. Isn't that funny how people knew and you mm-hmm. thought they didn't? Yeah. Why my best be friend thinking? in high school was gay. And we were actually uh, like improv partners. Yeah. Like it was beyond 
um, notices. Beyond, everybody knew. Everybody right. in our small town yeah. knew. And he called sophomore year of college because he went to a different college than everyone. And he's like, I need to tell you something. And I let him, you know, tell me. He came out of the closet. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad we can finally talk about it. And he's like, <laughs> wait, you know? I'm like, he's like, do you think anyone else knows? I'm like, I'm pretty sure everybody knows and everybody still loved you. Yeah. But he was just so afraid that people sure. wouldn't love him that for a long time. He yeah. There's a lot of fear of judgment. A lot of it. Okay. And so your parents, was there push it back from them? No, I think they just didn't really understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, but they, they, they loved me. I remember my dad, um, putting his arm around me. I mean, I was so skinny. Like I, that everybody knew cause they thought that I was really sick. Like something must be really wrong with me. But, um, you know, he put his arm around me and he's like, Ange, you know, we all have our ups and we have our downs and, and you're going to be back on top again. And, um, and, and I said, but I just loved her so much. And he goes, I know. I know yeah. it's gonna be all right. And then when I left that day, he went out to his truck. He's got his work truck, flips open the seat, pulls out this poster. It is a snap on poster of tool girls sitting on a car. <laughs> and I was like, dad, why are you giving me that? He, he, goes, to relate to you. he was trying to relate to me. And he goes, I just thought you'd like it. And I was like, no, I really don't. And he goes, well, then give it to Chase. And I said, he's four. <laughs> That was my next question. Did you have a son or a <laughs> Wait, that is hilarious. That's adorable. It was though. really sweet. It was really sweet. And they've just rolled with it. Kansas, you oh. probably they probably did a lot better than most of your friends' parents would have done. Probably, right? I mean, they've got to be the only parent from that area that has a you know lesbian daughter. My parents would have. I mean, they did. We did. They did end up disowning me for very different reasons. But I know that if any of my sibling and I, they it just would have been. Yeah. At that point, right? Yeah. We just, it was, it was just there. That's, that's so cute. Yeah. Okay. So, so you had a son. I do. So what, and how old is he now? 20. He just turned 20. 20. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. So he was four. (laughs) He was trying to give the phone. Not not appropriate. Pops. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Um, What does that conversation look like? Okay, so let me give you a little history. My kids are 12 and my daughter's seven. Mm -hmm. My daughter has, this is weird, she has twin best friends at school whose mothers are lesbians, right? interesting. Um, She sits in a space where she has two moms and two dads because we co-parent very well. We do all Mm -hmm. sorts of things together. Uh, Stepmom and I just took her together to Chicago. Like, that's how well we co-parent. Yeah. We, the guys hang out, the girls hang out type thing. So she calls herself two moms, two dads. Uh Then these girls just have twin moms, right? And so... This conversation with my children at this age, at this at their young age, is very simple because they go to a very diverse school. Mm-hmm. It's a very open conversation at school. It's not weird if you just have two moms. It's not weird if you just have two dads. However, 16 years ago, I would imagine it was a little bit different. It was, What yeah. was that conversation both with your son, Chase? Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's right. As well as how did your ex-husband adapt to that co-parenting relationship? He adapted he really him? well. Okay, he, he adapted really well. So part of that was um, due to Hillary, who was the next girl that I was with for a very long t- time. She's helped me raise him. Okay. And Hillary really bridged the gap between Jason and I. Okay. And, um, and it was probably a little easier because she wasn't the girl you left him for, right? Right, right. And comes to f- come to find out, it's easier that I left him for a girl than another man. Is it? Yeah. So it was a little easier on the ego, apparently. Is that what he said? Yeah. I, w- I wondered if that would be easier or harder, yeah. right? I think it's, it probably depends on the man. Yeah. <laughs> For Jason, it's all great. He's okay. remarried. He's got a, you know, a, a wife that suits, like they are perfect together, right? Yeah. And, you know, Jason and I were going to grow apart no matter what. Yeah. Um, but, no matter uh, yeah. but we had rough moments. I mean, we had, I had rough moments with his mom who was very religious and very, you know, Jason had his own challenges that he kind of got into mm-hmm. and, um, when I said something about not wanting Chase to spend time with him, she's like, well, what, what about what you're raising Chase in? And I was like, 
you need to back that. Did they ever try to take you to court over? Oh, no, 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 no. He, I never requested child support from him. I never, no, they never tried. I mean, I had to take Chase or Jason to court for um, restricted custody for a hot second just from some trouble he'd gotten himself into, right? So, no, not at all. And um, Hillary really did help not only with Jason's relationship with me, but also with Jason's family's relationship with me. So, I mean, that just tells you what kind of human being she is. And, yeah. Um, You're not with her anymore? We just broke up six weeks ago. Oh, I'm sorry. It's very, it's very uh, fresh. It is very yes. fresh. Okay, yes. Yes. Oh, that's okay. We'll get into that in a little bit. Great. She'll love it. <laughs> I'll let you drink some more of the margarita. She'll listen to it later and be like, Jesus, Angie, why did you Six do that? Six weeks doesn't mean that's completely over ever either, right? Um, yeah, maybe. We'll get into it a little bit. <laughs> drink more of that margarita. Okay. So, okay. So let's get into this. So you, you raise your son. How old is he when you start your business? Um, He was seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. So right around my kid's age right Yeah. Now. And why start your own business and why start your own business and what people see is is a very male dominated space oh well i think they're all male dominated i mean that's what i think right because or at least they were at one point unless you're nursing or teaching right so i i you know i hear that a lot and i'm like i have so many friends in so many industries and they're all male dominated but that's going to change as us women get more into the workforce as we are and dominating and you know kicking ass and taking names and all that but um I worked for a company off the East Coast that I just, it was a values thing for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't realize then because I was pretty young. I started the company when I was you just 30. What? You were here. I was here. Working for an East Coast company? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, I didn't know then what I knew later. Six months after I started Veracity, they sold to EMC. Okay. And, and, and it really told a lot about how they treated people because they really didn't care about their employees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were just watching their, pro, you know, their, their margins and all of that. But... But prior to that, it was um, the changing landscape in Kansas that there were um, not any pro- solutions providers in IT that were minority. So 2006, supplier diversity started really happening. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't talked about much before that. And there, some of our clients really put some initiatives together that said, we want to increase our spend and we're serious about it. And so we started losing opportunities that... Um, one significant one that said, Hey, we have to hire With a woman old on company, the old company. Okay. Yeah. We're going to hire a woman on company and we're hiring somebody from New York that we don't know at all, but you know, that's what we have to do. And, 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 and at that time there really weren't. Fog, but not yeah. solutions. So I saw the opportunity Okay, and I had clients say, you should go do this. Yeah. Um, so were you in a non-compete or anything? Um, I was, but okay. the the great thing is, is that that company that I worked for was very specific to an industry industry specific. So I only had oh. one client. So I was only held to a non-compete With for that, that client. Person. Oh, yeah. awesome. Okay. So I was able to, there was a lot more opportunity in Kansas city and I had relationships that yeah. I could, could do that. So what were you doing for them? I was a business developer. Okay. So you, um, you knew how to do the sales. I started, sales. I was in sales forever yeah. before. I, yeah. I sometimes think it gives you a little bit of a a step forward if you already know the sales part because I think that's the hardest part for a lot of companies to it learn. is yeah yeah especially I mean there are there are um providers or let's just say technologists I'm not a technologist okay. but we sell very tech technical solutions and um um you know if I were a tech if I were that technologist I wouldn't be able to get on my own way and go sell something right I'm, I'm out in front of customers and building relationships that's what I do and you probably wouldn't speak the same language right because probably a lot of people speak a higher Different yeah. language. That's how we do with our 
or web developers or right. stuff like that. The agency I worked at before was mostly web development and I would have to take what they said and then like translate it. To the yeah, client. I'm yeah. a big translator okay, for yeah. sure. Yes. Okay, so did you, so you just decided one day you were going to start this? I did. Did you do any funding? No, I didn't have to. Okay. Yeah. So I had, uh, when, when I got recruited by this company, I didn't, it was one of those things that didn't feel good. you're like, I don't, I'm not going to, for three months I turned them down. Okay. And eventually um, they bought me. They, they offered me so much money that I couldn't say no. Single mom, no financial support, yeah. you know. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this job. And I was, it was, it gave me the ability to put some money aside. And um, that's really how I was able to you know, wrap my head around, can I go six months or a year without a paycheck? Cause that's really what, where it was. Yeah. So that's, how long did that's, it take before you got your first client? A week. I had, I had people billing instantly. Right away. Yeah. 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 It was yeah. quick. And so you didn't have to go the six months or a year. I didn't No, It was a beautiful thing. What did you do? Okay. I find this very interesting because this is a, a very similar to my story where I was, so I talked somebody into starting my business with me and then quickly bought her out, mm-hmm. had to buy her out before we were worth anything. Um, but my biggest fear in starting the business, I was a single mom. I was all of that, right? No savings account at all. But my biggest piece was I understand the biz dev part, the mm-hmm. sales part. I don't understand the operations part. Mm-hmm. Were you scared of that going in? I was scared of accounting. Yes. Right. I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to go get QuickBooks. And, and I'm very organized and, um, invoices have to go out timely, right. To get money and then expenses and doing all of that stuff. And so that was the part that I was really dreading. And so I was an accountant at night, you know, for the first, what, eight months before I decided that I've got to hire somebody. That was the the part that I was most scared of. And delivering of our services over the, you know, eight years prior to that, sometimes I think I I started my company after eight years of experience. Like what fool does that? You know, I also say I was young enough to, I was young and dumb. Yeah. I probably wouldn't take that risk today, but it was worth it then. But I, um, you don't think you would, I, I probably would. I'm a big risk taker in general. Don't you feel like you're an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, no matter what? I do. Yeah. I mean, I think about if I were to sell the company someday, what I would do. Like, what else would I start? Because it's just what I would do. Have you met a lot of people that have sold their company? I have. So what I've learned is that they're usually just figuring, trying to figure out what the next thing is. Right. Or biding time until they're out of whatever their sell-off was. Right. To kind of go down that same path. Again. Right. Right? Yeah, that's not what I'm going to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. But what what do you do? If, if you were doing this, what would you, like, if you could retire tomorrow, what would you do? I would spend time on the beach and the golf course. Okay. And I would mentor people. That's what I would do. Mentor people. Yeah. You do a lot of mentoring right now, right? I do. I love it. Um, I want to circle to something here on here. Uh, Beck, how did you get employed with the Women's Employment Network? How did I get involved? Involved. You're pretty employed, though. You're a board member, right? Board president. You're pretty much employed. Yeah, I'm the board president. (laughs) Yeah, the Women's Employment Network. So um, when I first started Veracity and, you know, the operations, like the things that you don't know about that you Mm -hmm. might be afraid of or not afraid of because you don't know that they exist. Mm -hmm. And I remember calling the SBA and saying, hey, you're the Small Business Association. How did you know about the SBA? Because I just learned about it last fall. I don't know. But here's what I did. I called them and said, what? what things do you offer somebody like me? And they're like, I don't know. What do you need? I said, well, I don't know what I need. And they're like, well, when you figure out what you need, call me. I'm like, it's that's small business helpful. administration. Let's have, uh, we have a lot of people that want to make the jump that listen. Yes. So the SBA, I believe they have them in every city mm-hmm. here in Kansas city. It's the small business administration. What I've learned is that you do get a free business coach with our tax dollars. And so that person can help you figure this kind of stuff they out could. you're talking about. 
They could, but I didn't end up going that route. Okay. I ended up going to the Women's Business Center, which is part of the Executive Center of Johnson County, the ECJC. Is that the one that's just over here on Shawnee Mission Just over there on Shawnee okay. Mission Parkway. So I walked in there and kind of said, this is this is what I'm doing. And they, um, you know, there's Kauffman Fast Track. Have you done Kauffman Fast Track? Um, I did the Scale Up Program. Okay. That's where I okay. learned about the SBA. Okay, great. Yeah. There was so, a lot of people that had been through Fast Track that were in Scale Up afterwards. Okay. Well, they told me, they said, look, you, you're too advanced. You already mm-hmm. know who your clients are. You're already doing business. You need a strategic planner like a coach yeah um which I couldn't have afforded at that time right and and so it was a free offering so the the women's business center has a federal grant also um so they're a nonprofit, right so they're able to offer programming for free and it was just it was such a great thing and I developed such a great network within people with people there and they had Mm -hmm. a small ceo roundtable, which is a fantastic thing if you're not in one you should seek one out okay for sure and um and I just thought to myself that they set those up the women's business center yeah I've never even been there you should. Yeah. Brandy Stitz over there. She's awesome. I'm new. So, um, <laughs> um, I, so in that moment I said, you know, not if I make it, but one of these days when I make it, I'm going to give back to our community. Yeah. And I, I don't know how I'm going to do that, but when I met Sherry Turner at the women's business center and she is the president of women's employment network. Okay. And so I kind of got involved by sponsoring a table, going to the luncheon, which is coming up on April 12th. It's my 18th, favorite luncheon actually. of the the Women's Employment Ever. Network. Yeah. It is, so you know what, what kind of impact it makes, yeah. right? Yeah. I've only been to it once. Okay. Well, it's amazing. But it was. But I've got I've got a story about them in a minute, so okay. I'll say mine. But yeah. yeah, it's a good lunch. It is if, a great lunch. people are looking for something to go to. Yeah. So I was sucked in and um, eventually made my way to the board. And um, I, I'm, I'm, I just believe in their mission mm-hmm. and how they really help women not just find jobs, but discover themselves yeah. and confidence. It's, it's powerful. But that's how I made my way there. Okay. Was literally like, I'm going to do something. And that was just my gateway drug yeah. to sponsoring nonprofits. All the things. Mm-hmm. So it is my favorite nonprofit in all of Kansas City. I'm happy to hear that. Maybe ever. Um, I wanna, it's okay if I give you my backstory on yes, it? Yes, please. Okay. So I have been a, a part of Junior League of Kansas City, Missouri for nine years now. Mm-hmm. So a very long time. Um, I had a, I like to call her my fancy friend that was in it. And she's like, you should join this. And I said something to my my fancy grandfather I was like, yeah, Donna wants me to be in this. And he's like, oh, you'd never make it in that. So for, and this is when you still need like a sponsorship level or community letter, all this. So it was like, just, I'm going to do it just to prove him wrong. Got into junior league, didn't know what it was. Um, did marketing, like you get a different placement every year. Mm -hmm. And so did marketing the first couple of years because that's what I knew. And then I saw um, somebody from when come and talk about this placement at like a meeting. And I was like, maybe I'll do that next year. Mm-hmm. And I sat in this place and I God, this had to be six or seven years ago where I was like, you know, I really got my life together. I didn't. <laughs> it was right before I had my daughter, actually. She, she just turned seven. So it was probably, I think it actually was probably right at seven and a half years ago. And I thought, I'm going to go back and I'm going to give to these women and they're going to be very grateful for me and blah, blah, <laughs> blah. And what we did is we, we taught classes on Saturdays for people that had already graduated the program. And so this was like extra learning okay. classes, right? And so they were usually like on LinkedIn or networking or stuff like that. And I was just going to give back and feel good because I was giving back. I will say hands down that year of my junior league placement at the women's employment network, I learned more about myself than I ever would have learned. So what I was shocked because I've struggled with anxiety and suicide and depression my entire life is that there were a lot of women in there that had like their PhDs or their masters. Like I thought this was going to be a bunch of girls that hadn't from my very minimal knowledge on the program seven years ago that had 
working on their GEDs or something. Sure, yeah. And I, there are people there, and that's that's okay too. But like, what I didn't realize is one thing can go wrong, and so many of these women, right? Because they were their care family caretakers or this or that, right? Just it just destroyed their life. And sometimes not even big things like a, a layoff, and you were the family provider yeah. because your husband was drinking all day, or right? Stuff like that. And um, I ended up getting pregnant the second time around while I was doing that placement, and uh, there were two women there and I can't even tell you who they were to this day, but that were actually in the program that uh, approached me about it. And you know, that the, the standard questions, are you and your husband excited? Da, da, da. And I remember crying and telling them that was actually going on. And one of them told me a story of how I think she had had three or four kids by different men. And yeah. to me, and, and she just told me all these things that she overcame and why she was now back in this program. And it, was the most amazing group of women that, and it was never always the same women because it was people that had already graduated. Right, from yeah. That I ended up doing the placement a second year in a row, and it's still to this day like my favorite. And then I went to the lunch. Um, it was Did probably you cry? a couple of years ago. I cried. There was yes. a girl who had been shot by her husband. That was the keynote. Yes. You remember oh what gosh. I'm talking I about? I do. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it not only do you cry, so it's like weird because you feel bad, but then you also feel very blessed. Mm-hmm. And I was in a situation in my life where I didn't feel very blessed at the time. Yeah. And probably in my life where a lot of people would have been like, oh, great. I was probably making them feel blessed about their lives, right? <laughs> and so I wasn't in a good place in my life, but I was feeling very blessed. And then just to see them overcame i i honestly think because i got very very depressed while i was pregnant the second time mm-hmm. that i honestly think if i wouldn't have had that i'm not sure i would be here oh so i love well i'm so glad that you're there i'm that. so glad i'm so glad you went and we hear stories like that yeah. all the time because you think it's this very specific social economical you know picture in your head of who mm-hmm. the client is and that's just not the case i mean it's some of that yeah but you have women who have been you know stay-at-home moms whose husband decides to leave them and they're very wealthy south joko you know, women who all of a sudden have this epiphany that they have no idea what to do. Yeah. And, um, that experience that you got with that woman, it's like, that's how they share. And that's how they, they, the the members of the class are just as powerful as, you know, Miss Lynette and, and Tanya who are in their teaching, you know, that's the one I remember. Um, yeah, it was, and it felt like just such a safe space, right? right? Yes. And everyone that was on that placement that year, um, they actually had to put a thing in junior league that you could only do placements one year in a row because I think once people did that placement, they wanted that. Yeah, year, I'm sure. Right? Because you're, you're supposed to switch around and yeah. learn different things. But so how so how long have you been with them that you're now the president? Um, the I have president. been, I believe, I want to say maybe four years on the board. I'm in my first term of, of as president. So okay. I will, um, j- July one will be start my second term. Okay. Yes. And the, and you do volunteering for the win W I N that's confusing when you do win both wins, win and I win. know win and win. Yeah. My yeah. volunteer there was, I was an advisory board member, which was, okay. um, uh, a volunteer position also. Let's talk about advisory boards. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on advisory boards? Because I've just recently learned about advisory boards and I have a lot of people advising me to have an advisory board. And so I put something on LinkedIn and I've got a healthy following on LinkedIn and I realize how many people have opinions on advisory boards because yeah. um, not only all the comments, but all the messages. Right. And everybody, by the way, is a, um, it's an expert on advisory boards as well. So what are your thoughts since you've sat on an advisory board? Can mm-hmm. you kind of tell people what you, what you call an advisory board? Cause I realize that people call it different yeah, so, things too. So a, a traditional board, if you're actually on a, um, a, there's a fiduciary board mm-hmm. and then there's the advisory board. So the fiduciary board that you're on is, 
um, you, essentially the person, so like say Sherry Turner in this instance, reports to the board, mm -hmm. like straight up. So if I had a board, even as the owner of the company, I would report to that board. Mm -hmm. And um, my fate would be in their hands, so to speak, right? Yeah. Where an advisory board is different, that you're truly there to help and advise and gather information, and maybe you become part of a committee, but you don't have any real fiduciary responsibility. Um, so you're not voting on different things. You're, you're, you're strictly in the room to help. So if I were to have an advisory board of, of clients or peers or whatever in, in my industry, it would be somebody for me to go to. So I didn't feel like I was by myself, but I wouldn't be tying myself to a, uh, traditional board where, um, you know, somebody else was that I was actually having to report to as part of my job. Have you ever Does done a board sense? at your business? I have not. And why, or why not? Why or why not? So I, I if I had a partner, I would absolutely have a board mm, okay. somebody that would help with disputes and things of that nature um it, as we continue to grow um we are right now looking at putting together an advisory board mm -hmm. and that somebody something that i can lean on and somebody i can talk to that's not an employee when i have certain things that are going on you know you have mentors yeah. and all of that but i want to bring my mentors basically together yeah but outside of that i don't need to have that because i'm um, um i am the board yeah I like making the decisions without having to, I like being the ultimate decision Are there maker. Ever, so I think the reason that I like even have like started exploring it is because there's, I know what it is. There's decisions that I should be making that I know I should be making. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I need somebody to tell me to make the decision so that I can go, well, it's not just me, right? <laughs> and does that come with time of owning a business that I become more confident in? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. You trust your gut and you'll go with it. And there's times that you trust your gut and you don't go with it. And the whole time you know what you should be doing. And 100. it's just a matter of time before you get there and end up making that decision you should have in the first place. It happens okay. with employees. It happens with yeah. clients that you shouldn't have as clients. Yeah. It happens with a lot of things, right? Did you say you're getting ready to do an advisory board now, though? We are, cons I'm, I'm considering that. So why now? Um, I think it's, and what I'm looking to do is pull together clients. And it's okay. really to say, um, we are, we get to be pretty reactive to what our clients' needs are. And we want to know more proactive. about, yeah, we want to know more about what is coming down the pipeline for them that they're concerned about, that we can be, help become the experts on those things. Mm -hmm. So that's more of the, the things because technology evolves so much, right? Yeah. And we've recently got into blockchain, for example, we've oh, um, started, have. yeah, we've, we've done that. We've, um, uh, you know, some other emerging technology things that we're looking at. And, and I, as an owner want to know, am I making a wise investment and in, training my people and writing books and doing all this stuff. Is there going to be any ROI to this yeah. or do you guys think it's just going to be dead? Right. So I want in, to involve them that way is a really positive thing too. It makes them feel like they have a little skin in the game as well. What do you think the best blockchain conference is? You know, we're members of the GBA and, um, uh, so that's the government blockchain association. It's not just for government stuff though. And, um, they put on some good events. Um, but it really depends. Are you interested in finance or fintech, or are you interested in supply chain? It's there. It's it's such a vast space yeah. that it really depends on people's preference. I'm I I've started to kind of get a little bit more into some women and in, in blockchain stuff just because there's not a lot. Yeah, and it's not a it's lot. a place to stand out. I just have to learn more still, but because everybody's learning about it. Yeah. I just went to the social media marketing world conference mm -hmm. in San Diego, which is like the world series of social media. And like, I'm total geeked out about it. Right. But there was a track on blockchain mm -hmm. because 
even with the Facebook changes and how Facebook's really gotten to that pay space and that messenger space and what does that look like going forward um, in the blockchain space with Facebook becoming more WeChat and China type. Yeah. And so um, I went to a couple of the tracks on that. And so, so they uh, talk about provenance and where information comes from and where it gets to and like the traceability of all of those things. Yeah, more so. the analytics and, mm-hmm. you know, more if, when you're thinking business, social media, how does that convert yeah. on the business side? How do we get clients by using this method versus that method? Yeah. More that way over my head. It just creates transparency. That in the chat box, I just love to go and go, one day I'm going to know all the words they're <laughs> saying and <laughs> saying in here. Do you guys do anything in the VRAR space? We do not. Is that a space you ever see yourself going into when it comes to IT? No, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. we really are enterprise technology. Like our okay. clients' enterprise systems and the things that, you know, depends on industry and, and where they go with that. Okay. Yeah. That's another space that I'm like, I don't know yeah. the words well, they're saying. So the funny thing is like RPA, so robotics. Um, mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's our clients are asking us to do that, and we're getting into that a little bit. But it's 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 kind of like when cloud first came about, and people are like, I don't understand this cloud thing. Like, really, where is it? Yeah. Um, the clouds, and, yeah. guys. <laughs> and when we start thinking about that of, of of automated processing, I literally sat with a client last week, and I was like, No, we have people that can do that, but I don't know what the hell it is. Right. Like, I really don't understand how you can have some sort of robotic process that is not that's outside of a billing platform. Yeah. You know that is moving documentation so people don't have to file stuff like I'm still wrapping my head around it so I'm learning all the time so you are becoming one of the experts in the stem space Mm -hmm. for just overall but especially in the women own if they're like I need a woman in stem to be on my panel they call you Mm -hmm. you and a couple other names I can think of um what's funny to me not funny but what I want to try to understand, right, sure. is because if they're putting you on these panels, you know, usually you're thinking those STEM space, they're, they're like how we were talking about IT web. It's a whole different sure. conversation. So they don't put people like that on the panel because then only the people that speak that same language are going to so, understand. Yeah. yeah they that. want somebody dynamic and um, engaging such as yourself. But then how do you stay on top of making sure that I when you're up there, you're not like, what? Yeah, I was asked to speak on a big data uh-huh. um, panel and it was during tech week a couple of years ago. And so I know, I, I know how the businesses use technology. I know how we put together solutions. I don't know how to do those solutions. Okay. And so, um, and in technology, like in STEM as anything else, just like marketing, there's all the specialties, right? Yeah. There's all these specialties within technology. It's data, it's blockchain, it's you know, infrastructure. And I have to know a little bit of all of it. So Mm -hmm. when I get asked to do something like that, my first question is, can my person that owns that subject matter come do it? And they'll say, no, because our practice (laughs) leads, right. in that space are the experts, but they're also a high enough level that they can talk normal talk to. Okay. And they'll say, no, we want you. And so it depends on, I potentially will be speaking at this, um, uh, women in blockchain summit on a panel and I'm like, no, 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 no. They're going to ask me too many technical questions. Right. So I literally am learning all the time. Like I learn about every new thing that comes about. I will never learn it to the level that I can do it, but I learn it to the level that I can explain it and help my clients like navigate. Should we, should we not type of things? Um, so each panel is different. It seriously is, I do depending on what it is, this big data. I sat with our data guy and just got He's like, well, you know this. Yes, I know this. Do you know this? Yes. No, I have no idea what that is, Mike. No idea what that. And so he educates me enough that I can get up there and go toe to toe with a CEO who is actually a technologist. I'm a quick learner. 
Okay, so you just stay on top of it. How do you, how do you how have you set yourself up as the thought leader in this space? Um, I don't know if I, I I was getting ready to say that it's not been intentional. Um, I think that there are so few women in this space that if you have any recognition, then people come to you. Yeah. Um, I think more recently, let's take Angie away from being the thought leader. Let's take uh, Veracity as a thought leader is what I'm really trying to position our brand as being a thought leader more so than just me specifically. But, you know, just like you do, we write blogs yeah. on information that people should know. Um, you write blogs on, vera- on Veracity site? Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Yep. So we we have that. We um, w- I used to be the author of so much stuff and I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore because I want to, I want the author to come from our, our people that are in that Mm -hmm. space. Um, but don't you think it's grown your business of you being the thought leader and then it brings business to veracity? I think that it has grown our business for me to be the face of the brand for sure. Uh Cause I'm out in the community doing the things that I do so much. Uh It doesn't hurt being in front of, you know, 2,500 people at the win for Casey luncheon standing next to the CEO of community America. Right. It's like, those two keep getting it done, right? Yeah. That has grown our brand tremendously. But so then it, it becomes tricky because this is where I'm kind of at. Um, because m- still half of our internal leads come through my personal LinkedIn, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so we just recently started, uh, not to throw you under the bus, Jordan and Katie, but managing Jordan and Katie, our sales teams, yeah. LinkedIn, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, we need to start setting them up as thought leaders too. Um, but it's kind of a weird, it's a weird transition when you want to make your company the thought leader when for so long you've and I feel like you've probably been doing it much longer than me people have seen you as the thought leader Mm -hmm. and we're in such a space right now where thought leaders are what everyone's telling be the thought leader be the thought leader in your space that how what that transition to your company looks like right so for me I want us to be scalable and we were not going to be scalable if it's just me yeah and I can't get some of my day job done if I'm just being (laughs) the thought leader Mm -hmm. and um and granted as we grow I had to re um, maybe categorize or describe my job description and my job description is branding and strategy. Yeah. It's not doing all this stuff anymore. It's why I'm able to be here right now. Yeah. It's just awesome. Yay. But thanks um, team for asking. That's, right, that's right. But you know, we, we set out to do a big brand foundation a few years ago to say, let's reestablish who we are and let's make sure our people are on board with who we are because we need to expand our brand besides Angela hurt. Right. So I used to, I remember having a sales guy work for us 10 years ago and he's like, you know, I, I, I call on this company and I say, I'm, you know, such and such with veracity. And they're like, who? And he goes, Angela Hurt. You know, Angela Hurt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I know you guys. And I said, I don't want that to happen anymore. Yeah. So for me, the biggest, uh, one of the biggest compliments of what we've done with our brand is that I met somebody not long ago. And I told him my name was Angela Hurt. And he's like, oh, who do you work for? And I said, Veracity. And he goes, I know Veracity. And I was like, yes. Yay. It's like yeah. we finally made it, right? Yeah. And, um. And I want, I want that separation and some people who have worked with us in the past disagree with that, but I think it's important for us to grow. And, and let's say I, I want to create an organization that exists if I'm not here, be it the big bus or yeah. I want to move on. What is, um, were you veracity since day one? Yes. How did you come up with that name? My sister actually said, twin sister, the twin sister? no, my old, just older sister. Okay. She said, you know, if I were ever going to start a company, I'd name it veracity. And I said, what does that mean? And she said, go look it up. And I was like, no, really, what does it mean? Just tell me. I don't have time. She's like, no, go look. She would not tell me the definition. So I pull it up and I'm like, oh, it's the propensity to tell the truth. It's honesty and sincerity, transparency. And um, 
it was perfect because of where I just come from that I felt like that doesn't happen. I feel like it doesn't happen in consulting much anyway, right? We walk away from opportunities. We tell clients if, you know, they're asking us to do something and we truly believe that's not in their best interest. Like we are transparent in in those things. And most people aren't, they, they, that's, that's just, they see dollar signs. Yeah. And so, um, well, I think some businesses, they don't understand that sometimes walking away, it makes you money at the end. Yeah, I think I it's hard when you're starting a business or you're, if your cash flow is tight. Right. Understand walking away from money sometimes is better money. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it really is. And you could, you know, one of the things I always talk about is protecting our brand. Yeah. It really is the biggest thing for me because it, it would not have behooved us to take on those kind of opportunities and not been able to meet their expectations because mm-hmm. we knew that nobody was going to meet their expectation. We can't afford that. Uh, what's your sister? Did you ask her if you could use it? You know what? I don't think I actually asked her. What she think, think about think, you using it? I think I. Well, I. Like she, she told you her first kid's name and exactly. Like and I and then I name him Bailey. Yeah. Um. She, no. So your son said for having a mom that's an entrepreneur look like for him, and oh. is he in college right now? Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, what's so. his plan? He doesn't know what his plan is yet. Okay. He's still figuring it out. But, okay. Um, you know, it's interesting. I really thought, you know this, when I started the company, I thought I was going to have better work-life balance. Oh, yeah. I thought <laughs> right? it's not what happened. I was going to have more time with Chase. Yeah. Um, reality is I was home more with Chase because I, I had more control of, of certain things, but mm-hmm. I was working all the time. So I yeah. remember him coming up and pulling on my sleeve and, and um, mom, are we going to have dinner? I'm like, oh my God, it's eight o'clock. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll have, we'll have dinner, buddy. Um, so for him... And I've worried because I talk to people. They're like, what is it that we talk about work-life balance? And I sit on panels and I'm telling you, women want me to say that you can have this work life and this success and growing through these things to Mm -hmm. this level and be at every PTA meeting and never miss a game and never whatever. And the reality is, is you can't. No, I think it's so important to say it again. You You can or you can't. You cannot. Right. And, and. And, and it's like, well, women, sh- we shouldn't have to choose, but everybody has a choice yeah. and we all have to choose something. And, um, my son respects the hell out of me. You know, he, yeah. he has seen me work hard. He is proud of me. He is, we're very close, but he could see me and I did. He just thought I talked on the phone for a living for the longest time. Yeah. Um, and went to happy hours. <laughs> yeah. I was like one or the other. I was either home or I was out <laughs> drinking. Like yeah. there was not much in between. Mom doesn't have a real job. She's yeah. talking on the phone. Drinking. Yeah. <laughs> and drinking. But she, he, he, um, it, it was, it's been quite the journey. I mean, he also saw when things were tight because things, while we started revenue immediately, you know what it's like to be a business owner. It's yeah. not always good. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of stress. Um, and I, I, I don't know how much of that he saw. There was also me being out later in the evenings. He had to, he's a fantastic cook. Okay. He learned how to cook. I was like, here, you need to learn how to yeah. boil this water and make some pasta. <laughs> One day I come home and he's, he, I remember he'd say, Hey mom, what time is dinner? And I said, you either need to make something or I'll, you'll have dinner around eight o'clock tonight when I get home. And I came in and there's flour all over the kitchen <laughs> and my laptop. And he said, Hey, don't make that. Don't buy that. Um, uh, Alfredo sauce anymore. i I found a recipe. I can make it better. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. So he's a great cook and, and he's going to make a fantastic cousin. He doesn't want to go into culinary. I don't think so. He loves photography too, but okay. he hated photography classes because you got to be technical. He just yeah. wants to, he wants to do what he wants. He wants to be creative. Okay. So as an entrepreneur, you have, you went to two colleges. Is that because you got a higher ed degree too? 
No, it's because I went to a junior college and then Oh, went, that was a junior yes, college. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay, but you have your degree. Yes. Okay, are you steadfast on him getting his degree? I am. Even though he doesn't know what he wants to do? Right. You know, he's just taking general stuff right now. I think he's decided he wants to do some sort of business. Why do you think the degree's so, degree's so important? I don't know that I... The, I'm torn on it. I don't know that I think it is, except for the fact that I have seen people really, really great at their jobs get to a certain level and then want to get that VP position. And it's like, you don't qualify for it because you don't have this line He's of minimum of the minimum requirements. It's like, what do you mean? I've been in this role for 10 years. I know this organization better than anybody. I hate to see that be something that stops him. That's okay. it. And for me, the other thing I, I like about, and it's not as much the education I've learned way more, yeah. you know, since then of all these different things, but um, it's kind of that dedication and the uh, ability to problem solve and just put your mind to something and get it done. And I think that's where he is, right? It's like, dude, no, you're never going to use algebra again. I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. But where's he go? He's at Johnson County. Okay. So if he wanted to quit tomorrow because he was he had entrepreneurialism in his blood and he mm-hmm. had an idea and he had a business plan, what would you say? I would. Would you still want him to finish it? I would. I would. Um, I would want him to start his company, especially if timing is right, right? Yeah. I mean, that's part of so much of it. Um, but I would encourage him to take classes on the side. Were you a good student? No. He, he and I are very much alike. Do you think part of being an entrepreneur played into being the bad student? I think I was bored all the time mm-hmm. and I'm not a rule follower mm-hmm. at all. And I wanted to do things my way. And when I wanted to do it, yeah, I think it all ties together. I was yes. a very bad student. I actually dropped out of college Yeah, and you know, they're just now saying, well, maybe that makes you an entrepreneur. Maybe <laughs> like, why weren't they saying that 20 years ago? Like, yeah. How come they didn't? Yeah. They didn't talk about that. Right. I was just talking to a woman from UMKC and the idea of stackable credentials mm-hmm. brought, was came up and I didn't really know what that meant. It was like, well, instead of having a particular, a bachelor's degree in whatever that employers you know, someday may look at stackable credentials. Like if I'm here to be a data analyst, wouldn't you want to see that I did these specific courses and have a certificate in over the fact that I took art history at some point? That's, I think, is Chase's struggle with school is, but mom, these are pointless classes. I'm like, I get it. It doesn't make sense. Traditional education does not make sense for everybody. Yeah. No, I, I struggle with it a little bit. My kids aren't in a space yet, but because I still am paying school loans, don't mm-hmm. have the degree, yeah. and they were, there was no such thing as social media in 98, right? Yeah. That I'm, that I don't know. I've got five years to figure No. Oh, I've got five years to figure out. I'm not good at math. Accounting yeah. was the tough part yeah. for me, too. <laughs> um, I've got five years to figure out what that looks like. Uh, what was the conversation with your son about um, being with a woman? Was that ever a conversation? It wasn't a conversation. It was just his normal. It was his normal. Did he ever come to you and say, "Where his does his friends ask or anything?" Or they was didn't. that ever a concern as a mom? I, it was a concern yeah. for me. I mean, I was so in the closet. Yeah. Of course, I was worried about him getting teased, right? Yeah. So, um, it was always a concern. I, I think that his friends didn't realize it for the longest time, and then, um, and then one day they did, and some of them didn't care, and he had a junior high was hard for him. Um, okay. it, there were some kids that were just real jerks. What about other you know? parents? I've never had any problems with other parents. Awesome. Yeah, it's been crazy. But junior high, I think junior high is hard no matter what. Yeah. Like no matter what. You, right? you find something that you can tease a kid about. Yeah. Um, but I, I do remember that Chase, Hillary had said, Angie, if you're ever worried about Chase, 
having a problem with us or caring about what kids think. Let me tell you a story. And I said, what's that? And he goes, well, apparently he was in the library with his little girl friend, Hannah, and there was this other boy. And apparently one of them said, you're gay. And Shay said, you're gay. And the other kid says, no, you're gay. And, and, um, uh, no, the other, then the other kid says, well, your mom's gay. And Shay said, well, at least my mom can get a check. <laughs> Good for <Yeah>. Chase. <laughs> I like Chase already. <laughs> That's funny. That um, no, funny. kids are mean. My they son's in mean. sixth grade, and we're in Shawnee Mission, so it's still junior high, but it's already. Like, my son's dad is not in his life, but he has a fabulous stepfather. Mm-hmm. And I get called to school one day because he's, you know, downstairs super upset because they've already brought up that his real dad didn't didn't even want to stick around for See, him. See, I don't understand kids. It's awful. And I think he probably dishes it out just as much, right? Yeah. And I think they all, because I see his text messages, mm-hmm. and I think they all do it to each other. But I'm like, why don't you just be nice to each other? Yeah. I yeah, don't remember that being later. that mean, but I'm sure we were, right? I might have been. Um, Had Hillary, you were with Hillary for how long? Um, A total of 14 years. Wow. Okay, so had she always been out of the closet? No, because she had been with men and had, let's back it up. She was 22 and I was 29 when we met. Um, She went to Chase's kindergarten graduation. I went to her graduation at William Jewell. (laughs) Same month. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) It was hilarious. And um, no, I was always really amazed. It was actually an issue for the two of us because at work I was not. I was not out. I wasn't out with my clients. I'm out drinking with male clients all the time. They asked me, you know, why don't you have a boyfriend? How come you're not married? And I would just avoid it. And I was always so amazed with Hillary. And I really think our seven years difference truly was a, a time difference that things had changed. Mm -hmm. Kids in her class, you know, they were had, they knew gay people in high school and they talked about it. It It's probably the whole Ellen thing and everything else that came about. But, um, yeah, she was, I remember her going someplace and somebody said, well, why don't you have a boyfriend? And she said, well, I have a girlfriend. And I said, you told him that? She was like, yeah, I told him that. Yeah. So it really was different for her. And I don't know why. You own it now. You I own do. It now. I own it now. Do I have you no think that with it. part of her owning it ter- became part of you owning it? Um, I think to an extent, I think mm-hmm. it kind of forced me to a little bit. All of a sudden, I oh, couldn't. Tell that. If she run around telling everyone, right? <laughs> exactly. No, no, it was, it, it really, what it was is somebody I used to work with that knew that ended up telling some people and, um, told some of my clients mm-hmm. who then said to me, Hey, Ange, how come I know, how come you know everything about me and my life? And I know nothing about yours, except for you have chase and you play rugby. Is this when you own veracity? Mm-hmm. Which is funny because that means trust, mm-hmm. right? I know. And so what did that conversation well, the tr- look like? Well, I said, um, I said, well, I remember saying, Michael, it's my job to know you. Yeah. Like, it's my job to know you. And he said, but I want to know more about you. And I said, well, what do you want to know? And he goes, well, I just want to let you know. I do know. <laughs> I said, you know what? And yeah. he goes, I know. You know, I know that you date women. And I said, oh, well, why haven't you ever told me? And he goes, I really wanted you to tell me. I'm like, well, that's just not a conversation that I I don't go tell have. people, oh, by the way, I date men. Yeah, no, yeah. Right. You don't shake somebody's hand and say that. But what it did is I thought it was going to hurt my relationships. And really what it did is strengthen my relationships yeah. because there became this trusting thing. And, and quite frankly, all these guys had my back, right? They, yeah. I, I may have been said that I'm like going out drinking with one of the guys, but I had boobs. <laughs> So opposite that fact, Bryce is our account manager here and he's totally cool with me talking about this because we did a coming out video on um, coming out day and uh, he says this is the only place he ever feels like he could be himself. But um, when we moved him, he was in a sales position and mm-hmm. I love Bryce, but he doesn't like to ask for money. Yeah. So I wanted to keep him, but I couldn't keep him on sales any longer. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, what are his strengths? His strengths are relationships. He is the person that 
everybody loves. And he can walk in a room and it bright, lights up. And um, so we moved him to account manager position. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we moved him, we had just let uh, the, the girl that was no longer with us before. She was a young, cute, flirty girl. And we have some older male clients. And, and my concern was there isn't any hiding that Bryce is right. gay. Right. It's not great. It's gay. Yeah. There's no hiding. He's very fabulous. He's the best dressed in the office at all times. Right. Um, my concern was, and I told him, I go, I just want to be really honest with you. I am not sure how our older male clients will react to this change. I, yeah. re- I really don't No. And, um, what ended up happening is they absolutely loved him. Yeah. Right. And it played no issue into the fact if he could do his job or not. And I think that both him and I were a little like, we'll just see how this goes. And we, d- we definitely had that, that certain sector, you know, here we were being co we're, we're all concerned about people being like, um, discriminatory to right. him, but we're saying like the older male gay, the older male straight clients, right. like we're doing the same thing. Um, and in fact, the only people that pushed back a little bit, it was funny because we had one kind of client that pushed back at Bryce um, and it was the strong alpha females. And what we ended up learning over time is it's because Bryce and they would all say, Aaron, I love him, but there's just something. I don't feel like he's the expert in the room. And what we ended up learning is it's because he always was sitting in the room with me. And when mm-hmm. it came to marketing, he wasn't the expert in the room. Right. And so it was all the women that on the scale looked exactly like me. Yeah. And so we had to train him how to become the expert when he was sitting with someone I reminded right. him. Of. But it was not the people we were at all concerned about. It was Isn't that crazy? this different sector. Yeah. And now all of our clients, we just did our survey and um, we have a space where they're anonymous, but they can say, say comments and that's usually who we can tell filled it out because they usually are like here at whatever company or something (laughs) but there were so many comments about how great price is and what a positive like positive thing it is for a company to have an account manager that makes you feel so welcome and responsive and but it was so funny because in my mind kind of like your mind even though it wasn't my own situation I thought this one sector is going to push back right comfortable cool yeah no i i've only heard wonderful things about you always and actually i didn't even know until i read your bio you said what else have you heard see you even did it with me you said and what else have you heard about me (laughs) um okay so hillary's out so are you back on the dating scene hillary Um, sorry i'm trying to do some work here hillary (laughs) (laughs) oh hillary's have you even thought about dating again um, you know, I, I do think about it. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think about dating, but not relationships. Let's say that because I'm a relationship person and I tend to get yeah. in relationships and I'm at the age of 43 years old think, man, I wonder what, how people actually date. So you do tender. No, I'm not no, doing do. any of that. No, no I'm that's not what doing what any you do. Oh no, no, no. I'm not doing any I of that. I met my husband on Tinder. Okay. I did that one time. Okay. Hillary and I had a six year break and uh, I got on one of those whatever and it scared the hell out of me. Why? Because it's um, so efficient. Do you know how efficient it is? Okay. You cut out all the nonsense. You, you, you go get an account and put woman looking for woman and you see what pops up. I do Bryce's sometimes. Okay. Him. Well, that, I don't know if that's HR appropriate. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the same. Like I literally, it, it scares me. So Bryce's is a little bit more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but than what I had seen on the men and women one, Yeah. but I had read, so th- this is why I got talked into doing Tinder and then met my husband on there pretty quickly. Um, the top paid woman CEO in New York City met her husband on Tinder. Mm-hmm. And everybody said, 
what? And she's like, listen, I got to cut off all the nonsense. Yeah. Whereas then you put what you're looking for and you get a look and you don't even have to worry about them if they don't match what you're looking for. Right. And they usually don't even bother with you if, if you've already said, and they don't meet all your check marks. It's very efficient. I'm sure it is. All right. Well, I'll, you know. You can set me up an account. I would love to see yes. that. God. They have a new, um, I just saw, and I don't even know what this is, but there's a new dating app coming out. I kind of miss Tinder now that I'm married. <laughs> like I'm very open with it about my oh, husband. That's hilarious. But they have a new app coming out where friends can set friends up uh-huh. with their permission and then help find the matches. See, that's how it up. should happen. Doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's the old way of introducing people to your friends, but you're doing it, you know. Although I, I let my that. aunt do my Tinder one time when I was single and we were in Denver and she's Denver and she's very... Denver uh-huh. granola and I woke up to so many messages that I was like nah you didn't hit it right so it's kind of a catch 22 right. I feel like maybe maybe I just had my profile wrong because yeah. I woke up to messages and I was like whoa well wait, they can't no. even message you if you don't swipe on them as well okay well then I don't remember that how oh, about okay. I just got pinged and I was like oh nope no Tinder, no no no, only... no no coveralls no like you weren't I'm on not Tinder. see you're on something What else. the hell was I on then? I don't know, but it wasn't Tinder because they can't message you unless you've swiped okay, right on Okay, they them. hadn't messaged me. It would just be the, what? oh, that's right. I don't know what it was. What else is it? Match. It was match. Oh, no, you can't do that nonsense. They're just trying to get money. You got to do Tinder because you just knock it out. Oh, yeah. Tinder, not match. Okay, all There's right. A, it's a whole new ballgame. All right. It's very efficient. <laughs> I feel like you like efficiency <laughs> like me. I do like efficiency. Um, If you were to start your business today with all your knowledge, what's the number one rule you would tell anyone that's getting ready to start a business or you would tell yourself? Um, make sure you have a good attorney. <laughs> That's what Laura Lee said. That's oh yeah. Really a funny. good accountant <laughs> and a good banker. And a good banker. Those are the three things that you have to have. What, why banker? Um, because you need to have a good banking relationship. You need yeah. to have a relationship with the bank who knows you so that when you need them, they know who you are. Right. Okay. So banks love to loan you money when you don't need it. Yeah. Um, and then when you need it, they're like, well, what happened to your balance sheet? Well, we had a bad, you know, quarter, you know? And so building that relationship and them understanding your history and knowing what's going on, it's just important. Think more of a community bank. Yes, absolutely. Community bank. Maybe that's a change I need to make. I haven't heard the banker run the attorney and the accountant I've heard (laughs) and I've learned in both of those spaces. Uh, and what does the future, what does the next five years look like? Um, you know, it looks like a, a, a lot of growth for us and, um, maybe into some other cities. We haven't completely trapped down where that is. We're in 23 different States right now, oh, wow. but, um, we may purposely As clients there, but running everything we from have, here. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we don't, we have an office in Honolulu. We do have oh, an office that's, in that's Honolulu. That's a tough place yeah, to we, have to go visit. Yeah. I need to go very quickly actually, but <laughs> I should probably check it out. You too. should probably <laughs> check it out. See what they're doing for their social networking, yeah. making sure they're not sending any, uh, error, you know, missile, right. uh, signals look at it exactly (laughs) yeah but um so i think we'll i I think there's potential of us actually expanding to some other cities cool yeah all right well thank you so much for coming on it's been great great to have you that is it for this week's cocktail hour do you want to hear from our favorite local businesswoman from your favorite local businesswoman or ours whichever one do you know a woman in business who has shaken shit up Send your recommendations to HeyGirl at CocktailHourPodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends. We share our stories to motivate and inspire you. So spread the love around. Until next time, I'm Erin Folk. Keep your class and your glass raised, and we'll see you at the next Cocktail Hour. Thanks, Angela. Thank you.